Uh, yeah, yeah, uh huh. Alright, alright, uh-huh. yeah, okay. Overcame some obstacles, yeah. tightened up my opticals. Yeah. My focus be untoppable, unstoppable, unfloppable. My words is very optimal, my style ain't very copable. Ain't about the price, about what's high, stop, drop a roll. Raps to make an honor Hello. Hoop fans, and welcome to another edition of the Bronze DMs podcast. I'm Stu. Thanks for sliding through this week. Joined by my man, the one, the only, the jabroni, Mr. Chief. How we doing, my friend? <laughs> doing pretty good. Thanks for the uh, the jabroni plug. That's always uh, nice to hear. Yeah, well, you're about the uh, the jabroni lifestyle, so. I feel like it's uh, it's fitting, uh, Chief. Been been a little while since you've been on the old podcast. Uh, can't recall the last time uh, we chatted, both personally and uh, professionally, if we want to call this podcast professional. Uh, but it's been a it's been a minute. How uh, how fair are thee, brother? Uh, you know what? It's been a up and down summer, as you might expect. I mean, and we stay in touch on basketball, but just through the the group chat, but. Personal life, like wild up and down. Professional life, wild up and down. We can circle <laughs> back to that in like a private conversation. Um, but yeah, you know, and not a whole lot has changed. And just in terms of all I do is uh, work in golf. But um, it's been it's been an interesting summer. Still a fun guy, though. Still a fun guy. Still a fun guy. That's all that matters. Uh, any any hoops happening? personally uh no zero hoops happening personally haven't uh haven't touched a basketball in any meaningful way in like well over two months i think i went and shot alone like two three months ago and that was like nice and then never really had the the desire to go do it again it just kind of slipped my mind the wherewithal you're you're yeah. about the uh, you're about the Michael Jordan lifestyle now. It's like you, exactly. you, you had you had your time. Now it's about the uh, the sticks, the cigars, and uh, getting on the links. How's the uh, how's the golf game looking? Golf game shaping up pretty good. Um, I've played probably north of seventy rounds. Um, kind of hitting my stride right now, which is different than last summer. Last summer I was fading towards the end of the year. But right now, I just feel like I can do pretty much anything out there. Scores aren't reflecting that. Um, but yeah, I got some. I just ordered some new irons, so I'm elated to get those in. Won't have them for, until next year, but uh, yeah, I'm. I like the Michael Jordan analogy. I reached my heights, which weren't that high in basketball, and was satisfied with where I got. And now it's now it's all about golf. It's my next my next challenge to conquer, which I never will conquer. So I love it. Yes, golf is a game uh, that is hard to conquer. Much like love life, Keith, something that is never truly conquered. Always a journey. Uh, it's been a bit on the podcast uh, over the last episodes that we've done. So, you know, we were chatting pre-pod and it sounded like uh, you got a little trip, a little, a little romantic getaway, if you will, lined up. Care to share? Yeah, so I think... It has been a while since we talked love on the pod. I was last time. I think it was effectively a non-update. Um, <laughs> I think there wasn't a whole lot going on. And now, if you do, you recall uh, the time I gave an update on Guys Guy 
I never really gave her a name, but she was just like super, yes. super cool yeah, girl. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, after giving that update, things hey, wait. kind of soured between wait, us. Wait, 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 wait. Is Guy's Guy Elevator Girl or Canmore Girl? Neither, neither, neither. <laughs> she is the third party. <laughs> she is the third party. Yeah, so we're talking about like way back. Um, like we all oh, no, no, okay, I, I remember. Yes, okay, I know exactly who <laughs> and, you're talking about. And then she soured on me almost in large part due to the Love Life update. She didn't love what I, I said. Uh, so I'm going to do my best to keep my foot out of my mouth on that one here. Um, but yeah, so she, we kind of rekindled a handful of months ago. Things were going exceptionally well. And then as we were hitting our stride, she actually ended up moving to Vancouver, um, for work. And so that was maybe like two, three weeks ago, like hardly any time at all. Um, so I'm going out there, I'm on vacation right now. So I'm going out there Thursday to give her an old visit. Right on. Are you driving? It's going to be a flight. Oh, the uh, the yeah. COVID flight. COVID flight. But I'm thinking there's going to be no one on the plane. It's an hour flight. It um, sh- should be a breeze. I'm not too, excuse me, I'm not too worried at all. Wear the mask. Yeah. Check in like 35 minutes before the flight. Just zip right through. There'll be no one in, the, in line. Like, it, I think it probably couldn't be safer. Save a bunch of well, time. I am uh, I am no epidemiologist. I'm just uh, a man with a mic here to talk some NBA basketball. Uh, Chief, let's get into it. Um, past playoff reactions. So, listeners, you know, this isn't uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, using the hours between 9 a.m. Eastern uh, to 2 p.m. in the afternoon and riffing on a variety of updates on yesterday's action. We don't really have that luxury because we got lives to lead. Uh, so we're just talking about like kind of where we left off. And and that was round one, I believe. Round two. <laughs> well, okay. No, no, but Pierce and I talked round one. Now we're talking round two. Gotcha. Okay. But even though current time, we're in round three. Correct. We'll do a quick summary on two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but i want to focus attention on too because i think there's actually a lot of uh good storylines um and things things to chat about so uh with that uh when i talked to pierce last time we did a podcast was actually after the uh the the, the crazy game six between the celtics and raptors raptors of course dropping uh game seven unfortunately um and, and I got a couple couple of views on that that I want to share. Let's hear them. What's going on? Okay, so one of the things I felt the need to touch on is there's been a lot of people on Twitter uh, with the defense of Spicy P. And I appreciate what their intention is and where they're coming from. And that is Spicy obviously got a lot of backlash based on his performance. And I think that was well-deserved. That said, I felt the need to share that I didn't see or know too many people that are saying like that we need to trade Spicy or that Spicy is completely incapable uh, or that, um, you know, screw this guy. There, I don't think many people are saying that, but I do think there have been few cases in NBA history 
if ever, and maybe I'm wrong on this, like granted, you know, you could say, yes, Paul George had something similar happen, but I don't know if Paul George completely lost his ability to dribble. Like there was, <laughs> there, there was like one or again, there was like one or two games. You get the defensive savviness from spicy P. So you can't really take him off the floor because he is long. He's very capable on the defensive end. That being said, I think that the backlash is totally warranted for a guy that was he was first team all all NBA, correct? Is it, that's what he ended up this year? I, you know what? I don't actually have those results in front of me, but like worst case, he would have been second team all NBA. I could no, yeah, that sounds that sounds more accurate. Yes, anyway, he was probably up against like yeah, yeah, yeah that, that probably took those first ones. Good, good, good fact check. Yeah, but he was effectively. I don't want to say it a, a zero, but man, it was it was tough to watch. Um, it, it was very tough to watch, and I understand the position nurses in where it's you can't. It's tough to get to come back from benching a max player like that. Just doesn't set the right tone and has, I think, a lot of amplified consequences. But I will say that that playoff performance was completely, completely unacceptable. Yeah, it was it was very hard to watch. I was never on the pull him from the game camp because like as, as frustrated as I was, it's like pull him for who? Like are we gonna sub spicy out for Matt Thomas? Like it there's you can only go so far. Like he's brought us to this point. He has the talent to succeed. And I just kept waiting for him to hopefully turn it around, like I, get a couple I of can... layups and some free throws and get some momentum, and it just never happened. I think the lineup, though, would have been Serge, OG, Norm, Freddie, Lowry. Yeah, and which I wouldn't have hated. But, like, are we going to really close without Pascal? I, like, even as frustrating as it was, it's like he can just, like, get out on the break a few times and, like, make a difference as well as bring some length from the defensive end. I agree. So so here's, here's where I stand and, and getting to where, like, my personal take is. Love Spicy. Very committed to Spicy. He's going to come back. He's going to be better than ever. I agree. Very difficult to pull him. I do, however, feel that Nurse was trying to get him going too much. And we were putting him in isolation positions where he was getting owned by Jalen Brown in the post. His back down post in isolation with a help defender coming across, his conversion ratio over the course of that series, had to been below 10%. He was getting absolutely fucking owned. His dribble was off, and he was he would he had the yips at the at the rim. And and this can happen. Like, I mean, it happens to NBA players. Like, you know, not every player is, is going to be an absolute killer. So then I look at like, and I don't want to question nurse, but and maybe you have the answer here. Why did we not put him in more situations to knock down jumpers or to have him cut off the ball to get his rhythm instead of putting him in isolation scenarios like we often were and having him force his shot to try and get that momentum? Yeah, so in agreement with you that I didn't love the ISO style especially for getting guy out of a funk iso isn't going to do it he's got to get out on the break like you say kind of some easy duck ins on the offensive end um but what i think 
we aren't really giving enough credit to Boston on is, is how diverse they are defensively, where they are able to switch a lot of our actions. So no matter what you try to do to get spicy free, it's like, okay, well, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum switch. Marcus Smart switches. Like, so you're never really gaining an advantage off off-ball actions. Um, so ultimately, it just ends up you just have a different matchup. So to get him the ball, it kind of has to be in an isolation or in a fast-break situation. But especially towards the end of that series, it got so bogged down. There was a limited flow to the game that that kind of became the only way to get him the ball. I would have liked to see maybe a little more pick and pops and pick and roll from him. It, but, I mean, I guess that means we're probably going to want to put him at the five and take Gasol or Ibaka out of the way. Otherwise, it gets too cluttered. But I think the biggest limiting factor to him getting good looks was just Boston's ability to switch on him. What do you think about that? I think you're right. Um, however, basketball is the game of getting, you know, two feet of open space, theoretically, if you're going like more of the, the college basketball philosophy, to hit an open shot. And by him in those isolation <laughs> scenarios, he was not able to do so. So I kind of agree with what you said um, towards the, the latter there, where we needed to get him more in pick and pop and in motion instead of him creating motion with the ball, thus showcasing his handle, which was rattled, and inability to finish at the rim because there's long defenders there um, and great team defense by the Celtics. I, and I do want to highlight, like give credit where credit's due, um, that the Celtics played well. And, and finally, like where I want to wrap up here is like where I'm disappointed is I, I and I, I was listening to Masai and his, his post or his postseason wrap up. I really did believe in this team and the way that they were playing in the regular season and some of the games I watched in the early bubble, their system, both offensively and defensively really worked and what was unfortunate to see is that we can't win when we have so many players that were inconsistent or zeros like you're we're just not going to win if spicy's not playing well and you're not going to win if you don't have anything really really coming from mark and like i love those guys but like and then freddie you know was somewhat inconsistent it's like in order to win those type of games you need everybody, especially as a team with no star, to be hitting shots. And we had multiple guys that were not hitting, and we were out of sync. And it, if it wasn't for Lowry, like, we, we could have been swept. Yeah, well, I think the thing, and I agree with everything you said, but I think it's important to kind of keep into perspective who we're talking about. Pascal was selected, I think, at the end of the first round. Hardly really played his first few years, like, and has been a great success story in terms of his development. But I still have to think we have to realize this guy never has shown that he can be a number one guy on any team. He doesn't really have the shot-making chops to rely on. But did, think, did he, during the regular, like not in the playoffs, I feel he was, he was showing that in the regular season a little bit. A little bit, yes. But so interesting you say that because I kind of think of him right now as a poor man's Giannis. Him and Giannis are kind of herky-jerky with the ball, but more or less over... They dominate with their athleticism and size more so than their uh, ability to break you down with the dribble and get an open jumper. And I feel like that 
is able to get you through the regular season easier when teams aren't gearing up to stop you. So we've seen two Agreed. years in a row now, teams can gear up to stop Giannis, and this being uh, Pascal's first year as a go-to guy, it kind of felt like, in addition to him having the yips, Boston was able to kind of neutralize him, be- and he wasn't able to fight back in a way that, say, Jason Tatum could, right? So I think it's important to keep that perspective. I don't think he can be the best player on a championship team. I think he's the perfect number two, as we saw last year. Um, and I mean, I think he'll get better over the offseason, but I would like to see us maybe try to get somebody else to, number, to carry the bulk three. of the load. Number three what? last year. Number three. Oh, yeah, sorry, number three. Lowry's number two. <laughs> right. I Yeah, I, so I, I agree. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think, like, my final point is I feel bad – you know, for the, uh, the the betting folks out there, because you know it, it's it's fool's gold. It, like you you had it happen with the the Pistons, like the Wallace uh, Chandler Chauncey Pistons, uh, Rip Hamilton. But man, it's it's fool's gold if you don't have a killer and a guy who can get you a stop and a score. I feel like it's nearly impossible to win an NBA championship. And yes, like a team like Miami, for example, like they like, although they might not have a superstar in that context, they do have a killer. Right. And and yeah. I feel like we we don't have that. Like Lowry is definitely a killer, but he's. It's he's, hard if your killer yeah. is six foot tall. Like I, mean, <laughs> I agree. I think Lowry <laughs> is that killer, but he's he's undersized against almost anybody, um, and he isn't like a transcendent talent. Like Steph Curry can be a killer because he's transcendent, but and he, yeah, yeah, you, 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 you need, need somebody. Yeah, and so yeah. like think about it. That that Detroit team. When did they win? Two thousand five, give or take. Sounds accurate. Does that sound right? Yeah. So like we're talking fifteen years since a team without like a a bona fide killer has won and it's just I, I i think that was an anomaly more than anything else i think you need a Kawhi, you need a lebron or as we dovetail into talk about the denver lakers series maybe a jamal murray type who knows yes okay so we'll leave it at that i feel like you know normally i'm very positive on this podcast i'm kind of kind of upset because i feel like we had more to offer universally and uh, yeah it, uh, it didn't happen but that's that's the way she goes man that is the way she yeah, goes tough one big big decisions for the raps this offseason i'm very interested to see how they play out but a little lukewarm on the boys right now uh as uh, stated you know when you and i were watching hoops during the uh the onset of our relationship in Maasai, we trust Something that, that we've always, chose, <laughs> something we've always uh, stood by. Uh, okay, moving on uh, quickly. Rockets, Lakers. Uh, you, you got, you got thoughts? Uh, I don't have as many thoughts on this series. I watched less games of this than I did on the wraps. But you know what? Kind of happy to see the way it played out. I don't love Harden. I definitely don't like Westbrook. Um, I have a little bit of an affinity for LeBron James, so happy to see him advance. I think Houston has to make changes, though. I just think that pairing doesn't work. Uh, I don't hate having Tucker be your five, but it just it they flared out pretty dramatically. What do you think about it? 
Couldn't agree more. I thought it was a complete flare out. Um, I think it's a different series if they won game two, which was a very, very good game. And it's the same thing. Like the Nuggets, you know, a bit of uh, an outlier with how they've been able to come back. But against a team that's better, arguably better than you or more talented or has more superstars, when you have games, especially early in the series, um, that are close, you need to win those games. And I feel like if they won game two, then there's a little bit more potential. But by them dropping that and after just essentially falling flat uh, was disappointing because I thought systematically it was going to be a a lot more interesting than it was. I thought the small ball would pose some problems. I think the Lakers, um, you know, were able to experiment with their lineups to be able to match up with that and, and did so successfully and going big in a lot of cases um so yeah it's unfortunate but i i agree this is probably the best thing because they need to blow it up and that might make things more interesting yeah well i don't even know about blow it up i I just think like i think maury is all in on harden which i think is fair like that guy is an absolute star but i think if anything this just more underscores the need to get rid of Westbrook and I'm curious what they can get for him. I, I can't imagine them bringing back that duo next year. So I'm curious to see what that offseason looks like. And I agree. I think blow it up is a strong word. Um, yeah. I, let me ask you this one question that I've been pondering and don't really have an answer to. I just wonder why it was so easy for LA. Like and a lot of people give, you know, harden the gears but he like he's he's unbelievable. Like he, there was some games there, I think, towards the end of the series. Like it's kind of fuzzy for me now where he wasn't as good. But yeah, I don't know. It, it Harden's not necessarily the problem. Like he doesn't have the same go-go gene as like a LeBron, but he's a very effective player. I just like I said, I it was super easy for LA. And I, I can't understand why, other than LeBron is gonna be LeBron. <laughs> I just think that, yeah, like I think LA has two players that are better than Houston's best player and Houston's second best player, like well underperformed. Like if we're disappointed. Yeah. With he, Dell, yeah. Yeah. Imagine, he imagine being a Houston fan and what your thoughts are on Westbrook. Um, so I just think, yeah, I don't know. I would have liked a little more drama, a little more fight back from Houston, but. It just it never materialized. So I'd like to see how they respond as a team and as an organization going forward. It'll be interesting. Um, moving on, Nugs Clips. Uh, man, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, clips are getting just absolutely ripped. So I don't I don't know if there's too much value we can add because I think what should be said has been said. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. That was just an absolute train wreck of a last few games for the Clippers. And they just look disjointed. Like, I, I don't even, I feel bad as a podcaster here not having specific commentary. But they, like, Joker posed a lot of problems for them. And his ability to play make 
And then, so, so that was like created a bit of a defensive challenge for them. Jamal was getting hot and doing Jamal things, um, which was possible. But for a team of dogs, it was interesting that they just, their defense got shredded. And then offensively, even just watching Kawhi pass up shots, it was a very, very weird playoff series for the Clippers. Yeah, and that was my big takeaway. And it kind of built, built, built in terms of their or the Clippers' passiveness offensively. And it culminated in game seven, where it was like, it seems like nobody really wanted to take a shot, uh, which was strange for probably you and I, having seen Kawhi absolutely dominate previous years in playoffs. But like Paul George cannot call himself playoff P anymore. <laughs> Lou Lou Williams, someone who we've always just kind of expected can roll out of bed and get a bucket, always willing to shoot, like not super effective. Same goes for uh, Pat Bev, like like you say, absolute dog, always brings this intensity, but like isn't really bringing anything to the table on the offensive end in Game Seven, not really getting to the cup or creating for anyone else. It was it was weird to watch, but at the same time, it was very fun to watch Denver. Because I love the way they play. And I love Same. their flow and their motion and their ball movement. Uh, and I love their two stars. But you just, you're just like, what happened to Clippers? Like, how, how could they not, like, a title favorite could not maintain a 3 1 lead? And sometimes that's how she goes, but rarely have I seen a team's soul just get snatched. It's like when they were playing Dallas, like, think how hyped and targeted they were with Luca. And intense that they were. And then look at what the treatment was on like Jamal Murray. And it was like all of a sudden everybody was just taking a backseat and watching a weird big guy completely shred them apart. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. And and, hey, we've said it on this podcast. I did it in Wacker Facts. Keep saying it. Everybody loves Doc Rivers. I get it. He's a great human being. I understand it. He, he's won one championship with a great Boston team, right? Like, is he that good? Like, are we sure? Are we, are we sure he's a good coach? Well, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying, yeah. are we sure he's a great coach? Right. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends what you're after, but definitely something has to be said for his responsibility in this. As the coach of a team that's fairly star laden and pretty has a pretty solid makeup. They're balanced. They have bigs, they have guards, they have wings. They have a ton of talent defensively. Like how how can he not game plan or motivate or keep the guys locked in, in such a way that they could close out their series. Like he has to take a fair amount of responsibility for that. Yeah, I don't know. It's always a challenge if you're like vocal leadership, though, is not your two stars. Like if you think of from a personality perspective. Um, but but yeah, I, that might be getting into the uh, to the weeds a little bit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was uh, that was a wild one. It was exciting, to say the least. It was. Um, so transitioning, keeping we'll keep on with the, the Nuggets. Obviously, Nuggets won tonight. The series is at 2-1. Uh, Nuggets should have... Eh, maybe not. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say they should have won game two. They had a shot. Again, going back to my earlier point, 
tough to win a series if you, if you don't win a game that close. AD, obviously, with the fantastic uh, buzzer beater. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think the Nuggets are going to make a run here? So I don't know how closely you were able to watch the game tonight while you were doing work on the side, but it was very captivating. And it looked towards the middle to end of the fourth quarter that the Lakers were just going to absolutely crush them and the series was going to be over. Rondo had like four steals and six possessions. The Lakers were getting out in transition. LeBron looked dominant and it was like, okay, like, like Nuggets had like a 15 point lead and it was like down to four or five. And then Jamal took over to close it out, which was nice to see. It's, it's interesting because again, similar to my discussion on Lakers versus Houston, I still think the Lakers have the two best players in the series. Um, I think Joker and Jamal are incredible. I just don't think that they are LeBron and AD. And I just, I always lean in a playoff series towards the best players will have the largest impact and their teams will usually win. So having the two best players, even if it's marginal, I think is important for the Lakers. Um, But we've seen enough now that you can never rule out Denver. They play pretty well together. The ball is always pinging around. I think that's led by a selfish superstar or selfless superstar rather in Joker. Um, But I just think they have fundamental problems in being able to guard Davis that limits their upside in this series. Um, And that's without even bringing in the fact that LeBron seems like a man possessed. Rondo seems like a man possessed. Um, but I think it's appointment viewing for the rest of the series. I, I don't think we can miss any of these games. They're fascinating, fast paced, exciting, and it, it's high level basketball. Yeah, I feel I let the team down by not uh, witnessing today's game. Saw the stat lines. Um, one uh, one comment I think too when the Nuggets have a third shooter going, it's a totally different team. It's almost like the Raptors in that sense. It's like you got your like you got your two guys like let's say you have Pascal like playing well and you have Lowry and then it's like if Freddie gets going or if Norm gets going all of a sudden the the team right. the team offense is is uh, is very good so um, yeah yeah it's, it, it, and tonight they had that balance and I think that's why they they had a, yeah. uh, a successful win was because like Monty Morris hit a handful of open shots. And then Jeremy Grant had a big game. Like, I think they have enough guys that can take turns being that third or fourth guy on any given night where they do have a chance. Totally. You know, it's such an interesting, like, like moving on to the Lakers here a little bit. um, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very interested in how this thing is going to play out because for the Lakers, hang on one second. What you doing? Too bad I'm going to be editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We were going to have to edit. <laughs> anyway. No, note the time on the call. <laughs> so what I was saying, the Lakers, I think that it will be interesting to see if they pull off this championship. And tip of the cap to LeBron because – 
you dismantled your who did they play first round anyway? Or yeah, the Portland. Portland. Who's, who's like that's a foe, you know? Um, then you get the Rockets and you completely dismantle the Rockets. And again, I thought that was going to be more interesting, but it was kind of like it seemed like the Rockets deflated themselves more so than they got beat. But then the Lakers, you know, they're matching up against the Nuggets, a very good team, and we'll see what happens with this, and then they'll go to the finals. And when I have watched this team and I go into my memory bank of, like, championship-level caliber basketball, they have just steadily, like, gone off in an exponential way in terms of how well they're playing. Because when I watched the the Lakers in the onset, I just looked at, like, how their systems were running and who their supporting cast is. And I just thought there's no way that a team like that can get past the Clippers. But this, like, two-man led, and now you have Rondo obviously stepping up. Bless his soul. I love watching the guy play basketball. And it's easy for them. But I do – but, like, I watch them at times, and I'm like, this isn't – championship caliber basketball or a championship team and so then it's just like is it just the greatness of lebron and then you know an absolute talent in ad and a man possessed in rondo that are just going to get him across the finish line well it's a it's a very weird playoffs in they to your point they have looked great they haven't looked great but then they've also destroyed two teams who are worthy uh, opponents and absolutely dismantled them to take a word from you. But then if you look at where they are for the final four, like none of the final four teams are really what you would have considered uh, a championship favorite going into the playoffs. So if you could have told the Lakers that they would be in with Denver, Miami, and Boston going into the final four teams, they would have, been already sizing up their championship rings. I know. And it's so it kind of feels like they got a lucky break in the way that some of the matchups went elsewhere. But at the same time, how can you blame them? I think it was they were 3 1 3 1 in their first two series and like absolutely like they broke. I, I, and I don't think franchise. So, like, how can you take any credit away from them? And, and I don't think you can. Like, and, and I know that would be the question for a lot of the, you know, LeBron fan base. Like, I can hear Laven listening to this podcast and being like, you can't blame it, like, LeBron running through an easy East. Yeah, I think we've covered that. Um, so then I guess we can dovetail into the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, quickly. Uh, okay, so transitioning uh, to the East. It's good. Yeah, it's good basketball, man. I, I don't really have too much. I was surprised that the Celtics uh, lost the first two. I can't see them winning four or five, but I also wouldn't be shocked if this goes seven games. Like, I still have a lot of confidence in that uh, Boston squad. So I'm kind of feeling like Miami's advancing. Um, dogs on both sides, very entertaining basketball on both sides. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that Miami has to be one of the more enjoyable teams in recent memory. Uh, just kind of like a misfit of guys. A couple of rookies, like Duncan Robinson played D3 college. Now he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. Like I, I like cheering for that group of underdogs led by Jimmy Butler, who our whole bronze DM has kind of a, 
an off and on relationship with. Like we, <laughs> we love what he does, but he has propensity to be a meatball. Um, but I think there's no, no way around that. He is a leader and can galvanize the troops and brings it every night, which is enjoyable, makes it fun to watch for the fans. Uh, and then there's just a lot of power coming from Boston. So I'm looking forward to game four, I believe, tomorrow night, which will be a, a little bit of a turning point in the series. Could be 3-1 or 2-2, and then we, we have a long one on our hands, I believe, so. I'm thinking it's uh, it's going to be two two, but whatever. Apparently, I say on this podcast, the opposite happens. So it's probably going to be three one Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've missed that trend, but I. Oh, it's uh, it's a trend. I don't know. I think anything else. could happen tomorrow. I think absolutely anything could happen. But these are both great teams, though. So I'm personally pulling for uh, a seven game series. So I'd like to see Boston pull it square at two two. Could you imagine if either of these teams won over uh, the Lakers in the final? Like, just how shocking that would be. It's like Jimmy Butler won a championship with the Heat this year. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it would I be unbelievable. It would be more shocking for the Heat to do it. Like, Boston has a lot yeah. more, like, high-power talent. But, like, man, I would, be, I would be all over that. I think it would be very fascinating. Um, and I think Jimmy Butler we would never hear the end of it from that guy from his time. Like he's flame dough is definitely the wrong word, but he's made dramatic exits from like three or four teams now. And I think Miami was the place like where he was always destined to be. It's perfect culture fit. And I would love to see him win and just how he, how he holds himself and conducts himself as a champion as like, I guess the best player on a under talented team, I think would be, entertaining to uh, to take in totally yeah i couldn't agree more man uh it's it's fun to watch speaking of fun, fun to, to watch talk, fun guys everybody's favorite part of the podcast is player x a guy's guy i feel like it was fitting we wanted to do the the big body joker on uh, <laughs> this this episode so, Chief, I ask you, is Nikola Jokic, uh, Yo- Jokic, Jokic, I, I don't know. Joker. I think it's Jokic. <laughs> Jokic. I call him Jokic. I don't know if that's correct or not. Jokic. That's a consultant Eastern European expert. Is the man's a guy's guy? Um, I think he's a guy's guy. But I don't have overwhelming evidence one way or another. What I would say is I am prone to just kind of think he's goofy and enjoyable and friendly. And that's only based on him kind of being a chubby, unathletic goof. Like, he doesn't play like any other NBA player plays. He doesn't move like any guy plays. I love uh, – have you seen his childhood photos? I have not. No, I'll I'll be sending you uh, a photo after we record this podcast. And for all the listeners out there, uh, do a Google image search, uh, <laughs> something along the lines of Should I do? Uh, it no, yeah, I'm do, do Nikola Nikola Jokic um, childhood photo, and it's like a family photo, the one that I'm picturing, and he's got to be somewhere like twelve to sixteen years old. He's got 
his shirt off and he's just got some big old titties. And it's like, how did this guy become the best player in the NBA? Like it makes him lovable. But I also feel in terms of guys guy, I don't really know anything about his personality. Do you have the photo? Uh, I have ample photos here, but no, I don't think Do I you have. see the one. Oh no. Yeah. 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 14 yeah, 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 yeah. year old <laughs> yeah. with his tarp off. Like how did that guy become the best player in the NBA or one of the best players in the NBA? Like you, you kind of have to root for that guy, right? Oh, you, you absolutely have to. And he's one of the most entertaining uh, players in the league. And that's why I also love like totally different, but like, I love pass first players like Rondo as well. Like he can't shoot. So he, I've always found him very entertaining because he's looking to get easy buckets through other people or finding his way to the rim. Um, yeah. Although he apparently has a three-point shot now, which is interesting. Um, but uh, but yes. But so in doing the guy's guy analysis, I don't really feel like I know Joker that well. Like I don't I'm know sure. who he is as That's a person. Part, I think he. I think he's he's kind of. A man of mystery. Let me, but that's why you got to throw him through the Lee Cabin test. So, like, Joker. Well, the Lee Cabin test, I think I would love because I think he passes that one with flying colors because I picture us sitting out on the deck. He walks through the house, like, and I crunches can... over, like, through the door. Exactly. Right? He's, like he's, his, his... He's, he's ducking under. He's probably wearing, like, some funny outfit. Good smile. Like, good wide goofy smile. smile. Yeah, good goofy smile. Like, you know, he's got, like, like big body, right? So he crushes the beers. And he's pro- I'm picturing him with a 12 pack of beers as he's ducking through that door to the deck. Oh, 100%. And I feel like he can polish them at a ferocious pace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I think hey, and how about this? With him. Imagine the assists you'd get, like through tossing beers to the lads, right? So, oh. like, one, yeah. So, like, you're a lad, like, maybe you're chit-chatting with a lady and then like you just want to throw up like the left hand like a little deep and he's just gonna hit you right like hit you in stride you know somehow like get it cracked in midair with how the wind is going (laughs) he's gonna have all sense when anyone in the crew is in need and he will throw you the perfect (laughs) pass of a pilsner and not disrupt the flow of who you're talking to or what you're doing Ultimate I feel like he had party been... bartender, for yeah. sure. And you know what? There's also something I just love to uh, use with the the accent. Like, I just think no matter what he says would probably be funny. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I right. yeah I, I I I like yeah. So I I'm I'm with you. I think uh, you you're saying you're speaking speak my language um, with everything you said thus far. And I'm trying to think if I. Any other angles, which I don't. Well, I'm trying to think I, of, like, what are the negatives? Like, what, what could take him away from being a guy's guy? Okay, well, I always went with posts. One thing that, that drove me crazy is when you're post a pansy, and I don't believe he is. I think he's a fun hang. He's a nice guy, but I also think he's very competitive. This guy's competitive. He probably wants to play some cards. Um, he's probably not even really trying to go down to the courts at Clear Lake. He's probably, like, trying to do some other activities. Like, I think he's a fairly well-rounded guy in that way. He's not just, like, basketball or bust. Um, like, we might be going and doing a hike with him. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, after this analysis, I think I'm going to go for Joker as uh, a stamped guy's guy. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we got to stamp him. 
He's got like and think of the difference. Like, like don't get me wrong. Like the Canadian loves Jamal Murray. Love him as a basketball player. I think he's outstanding. Jamal Murray walks through the cabin. Are we like jumping for joy to the same degree? No. I think just... the Canadian thing gives him some points, but I think I'm probably instantly laughing if Joker does. I think more points for Joker. Jamal is like kind of too cool for school. Uh, versus, I think and he's and, and he's like he's into meditation. Serious. Like he takes you know analyst commentary very seriously. You know he, he's. Right. He's so about his craft, whereas I feel like, like Joker is about he's about team connection, right? Which is why he's such a good passing big. <laughs> Correct. Correct. The guy's guy. Stand him an invite to the Lee cabin. <laughs> I feel like yeah, like Joker. Like listen to the pod. Like get us down to Denver. Um, you like come to the cabin and then we'll we'll go down to Denver and have a good time. By the way, Denver, love that city. Great city. Never been. Would love to go. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think in terms of like my what I'd be looking for, um, it it definitely delivers. It's got like a hip vibe. It's got Stop the out, yeah. It's got the outdoors vibe. You can get out. It's got all your pro sports teams. Uh, culinaries come a long way. I don't know. It's it, they have like a good stance on marijuana. I think politically they're a little bit more aligned to Canadian beliefs. So you know, looking pretty good. You're looking at a relocation to Denver. No, uh, we, we got we actually our head office is there, which is why I've uh, I've gone. But uh, no, I'm uh, you know I'm Kid Canada over here. Atta boy. Very good. All right, sir. Well, um, you enjoy your time, West. Always a pleasure. Um, next time I talk to you, I don't know. The next, the next time we do this might be NBA Finals, uh, or maybe we'll catch you in the off season. Who knows? But keep me in, uh, keep me in the loop. Looking forward to uh, being back on the pod. And we'll get, we'll get some chip chats in. Yeah, I, I haven't really been on the chips recently, so I, I think this was a good one to skip, and then maybe get some new content going forward for that. Six pack attack or what? Trying yeah, to find it again. Attack. Not even trying to find it, just trying to like be in the same neighborhood as it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to get all the way there. I just need to know it's near. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think that's that's yeah. uh, that's that's where happiness resides. Exactly. All right. Okay. We'll talk to you later, brother. All right, Peace. my friend. Take care. Okay. See ya. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. All right. Uh-huh. Overcame some obstacles, tightened up my opticals. My focus be untoppable, unstoppable, unfloppable. My words is very optimal, my style ain't very copable. Ain't about the price, about what's high, stop, drop a roll. Raps to make an honor.